look at the screen, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 reads, And again he entered into Capernaum, Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one that was sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. I'd like to speak to you on this subject this afternoon, believing for a breakthrough. Amen? Turn to somebody next to you and say, let's believe for a breakthrough. You may be seated. In 2004, the summer after my freshman year at Bible College, I had my own breakthrough experience. Didn't come the way that I was expecting. I was working downtown Atlanta at a factory, and there for a few weeks, I had the prestigious job of working on the roof all summer long. To make things worse, I was scrubbing a bright white roof lining, which made it feel like I was working on the surface of the sun. But to harness some of that blinding light uh, into the factory below, there were multiple plastic skylights up on the roof. And one morning I was waiting on some, uh, somebody to bring up some cleaning supplies for us. And like I had done several times before, I decided to sit on the edge of one of the skylights. And I leaned back to take a break while I had the chance before the day got started. But much to my surprise and horror, the skylight shattered beneath me. One second I was there taking in the beautiful view of downtown Atlanta. The next moment I'm hanging by my fingertips and toes beneath this factory equipment and machinery below. Like the man sick of palsy, I too was about to go through the roof and meet Jesus. But I was going to do it at a much greater rate of speed. I thank God for his hand of protection and somehow I was able to pull myself up and uh, get some medical attention. But at that moment, that day, I was not believing for any type of breakthrough at all. But I pray that before we leave today, that you and I, that we will leave believing for a breakthrough. Amen? <laughs> believing for a breakthrough. Our story begins in Mark chapter 2 verse 1. When Jesus arrived back, it was his headquarters in Capernaum. Capernaum was a remarkable city. It was a community in the mainstream of national life. Capernaum was a manufacturing and merchandising hub. It was a key military center for Roman troops. And there were also several major highways that intersected Capernaum, much like Atlanta and all the intersections that we, uh, many of you get to fight through on a daily basis. But merchants, they passed through from Mesopotamia to the north all the way as far as Egypt to the south. Five of Jesus' disciples came from the busy city of Capernaum. Peter, Andrew, James, John, and Philip. So yes, Capernaum 
uh, was a busy location with lots of visitors passing through that city. But the more I read about it, I'm confident that breaking news and information that would intrigue the people was surrounded, was shared on a daily basis from all around them. But one day, everything changed when they heard the news that Jesus Christ was in Capernaum. The word that Jesus of Nazareth was in their town and in the house, it spread through Capernaum like wildfire. Luke noted that Pharisees and teachers of the law, they came from every village of Galilee, Judea, and the city of Jerusalem. It didn't matter how busy they were. It didn't matter what currently preoccupied those people. When the news that Jesus Christ had arrived, it captivated their full attention that day. Amen? And I think it'd be appropriate that we too pause for a moment in this service to truly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is here in the house today. Amen? We should never take for granted the moving and the working of the power of the Holy Ghost in our midst. It doesn't matter if it's the first time that we're in His presence or the 10,000th time that we come through these doors. How amazing is it that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is here at Atlanta West today. Amen? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end is here right now. The creator of the universe has come to Atlanta West. And I'm confident in this fact because of his word. Mark 18, 20 tells us, For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there I'm right in the midst of them. And when this service reached the grand total of two, and you know at Atlanta West we calculate and we track that. Jesus was faithful to his word and he came into the house this morning and he came in this house again this afternoon. Psalms 22.3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of God's people. And we've been praising and magnifying the Lord and he's here. And I think it'd be appropriate if we just took a moment and to express our thanks, our appreciation to Jesus Christ for showing up today. Lord, you are here. Lord, it is a special opportunity to be in your presence. Lord, we magnify you. We thank you that you would come to Atlanta, that you would come to our church. We don't take for granted an opportunity to be here in your presence. Amen. As we look back to Mark 2 and 2, after hearing that Jesus was in the house, the Bible says straightway, or immediately many gathered together. And I want to pause this morning to to make a brilliant deduction, okay? So you're going to have to hold on to your seats for what I'm about to say. In order for you to gather here, you first had to leave there. All right, everybody's with me. This is good. This is what happens when the youth pastor preaches, okay? You're mind blown. If you study this story, you will find that it wasn't a Sabbath day at Capernaum, a day dedicated to worshiping God. Those that gathered, they weren't waiting to go see Jesus at the synagogue. It was a busy day of the week in the active city of Capernaum. 
Like many of you, they had places to go. They had things to do. They had people to see. But the Bible says that they left everything behind to go see Jesus. They understood that no matter what they left there, it was not nearly as significant as who was here. Amen? The affairs of Rome were not more important. Business from Egypt was not more important. Merchandise from Mesopotamia and business deals, that was not more important. They left it all behind, everything behind, and they immediately went to see Jesus. Amen? So this world provides an exhaustive list of things that can consume our focus and our time. But we have to make up in our minds that we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to leave whatever it is back there. And we're going to gather together here to bring our full focus and attention. Amen? we got to leave struggles and stress back there. Amen? We gotta leave problems and pain there. Fears and failure, we gotta leave it there. Distractions, dissension, we gotta leave that all behind because Jesus, He is here today. Matthew 6 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not second, not third, but it's the first thing that we should do. Psalms 55. 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Church, there will always be some type of obstacle competing for your attention. There will always be a burden blocking the breakthrough that God has for you. You just have to make up the decision and make the choice to leave everything behind and truly believe for a breakthrough. Along with the rest of the multitude that had gathered that day in Capernaum, there were four men, four men who needed a breakthrough. But the breakthrough that they pursued was not for them. It was for a friend. They came on behalf of the man sick of the palsy, believing for a breakthrough. They were not inward focused that day. They were outward focused. They had lifted up their eyes to see the need of those around them. And I'm so thankful that we're a part of a church who cares about people. Amen. We believe in investing and reaching out. No matter what someone looks like, no matter where somebody comes from, no matter their economic status, their social status, their sin status, we do whatever it takes to reach people, amen? We invest in children and students and adults, those that are young, those that are not so young, amen? We love people at Atlanta West. So when the four men... When they arrived at the house to see Jesus, there was a problem. Before them was an obstacle. Mark 2.2 says there was a very large crowd of people that pressed into the house where Jesus was gathered. They were even overflowing and pouring out of the door. There was a wall of people with no pathway, no aisles to get to Jesus. There was no room. For the four men to press through the crowd by themselves, let alone bring their paralyzed friend with them. It wasn't going to happen that day. But believing for a breakthrough, these four men, they assess the situation. 
They looked at their options and they came to the conclusion that turning back that day was not going to happen. The foreman believed that the need of their friend was so severe. It was so urgent that they needed to take desperate measures. They realized that they were his only hope of getting to Jesus. And today we must conclude that we are also that same hope. As God's church, we are the hope of the world. How many of you believe that today? We're the hope of the world. As leaders, we're the hope for this church. As fathers and mothers, we're the hope for our families. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we're, we're the hope for one another. As students, you're the hope for your schools and your college camps, campuses. We're not Jesus to be sure, but... We are the answer. We are the answer for getting them to him. Because of the many pressing needs in our lives and in the lives of this church, those around us, we as a church cannot turn back at the first sign of an obstacle. It doesn't matter if it's a spiritual obstacle. It doesn't matter if it's a financial obstacle. It doesn't matter if it's a physical obstacle. Amen? It doesn't matter if it's an addictive obstacle. It doesn't matter what it is. Pastor John's just shared last Sunday the testimony of many here that can witness, that can say, God helped me through some impossible barriers and some obstacles. Amen? It doesn't matter what the obstacle is because we know the one who can help us through every obstacle. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. How many of you have been filled with that power, the powerful gift of the Holy Ghost? Amen. We can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. We truly are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So, don't let any initial report or current situation limit your vision. You have to look at what you can do, join together with the power of God Almighty working on your behalf. So don't think struggle in your life. Think solution. Don't think impossible. Think possible. Don't think obstacle. Think of some type of opportunity. Don't think of a barrier with the help of Jesus Christ. Believe for a breakthrough. So determined as ever, these four men decided to break through their next obstacle. I really wish that I was there to witness what took place that day. When I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to God. And I'm going to say, I'd love, just take me back. How many would love to do that? Just to witness the, the stories and the experiences that took place in the word of God. And I would love to have been there to see these four men in action. They had a decision to make that day. Okay, what are our options? We, got, we have our friend here. We're trying to get him to Jesus. What are our options? Maybe we could just yell really loud. Jesus, hey, hey, hey. No, that's probably it's too many people. It's not going to work. Maybe we could just get a running start, right? And we could just push our way through the crowd. 
no, one other guy. Maybe, how about we just crowd surf him? We'll just put him on top and we'll just push him. And hopefully he makes it to the front of the feet of Jesus. No, that's a terrible idea. Finally, someone had the idea, the brilliant idea to carry their friend around the crowd up to the roof and then dig through the roof and then lower their friend down to see Jesus. And somehow they all agreed, "Mm, that's a pretty good plan, let's do that. I'm sure one of them was the cautious friend. They started up the roof and if anybody had a cautious friend and they're carrying them and Hey, hey, watch, watch out. Watch your step right there. Hey, you're leaning to the left. We're going to drop them. And they're moving along up the roof, and the process is going. And then there's always that one unsympathetic friend like, bro, we've got this, okay? Nothing's going to happen. He's going to be fine. And even if he does fall, he's already paralyzed. So I'm sure, I'm sure the other guys are shaking their heads like some of you are today. The paralyzed man was like, too far, bro, too far. I appreciate it. But everyone else in the group, they're ready to move forward. After overcoming the first obstacle, they made it to the roof and they started the demolition phase. Luke, he mentions tiles in his writings. Mark mentions that they dug through the roof, so quite possibly the roof was constructed of tiles and mud and thatch and branches as many of the homes of Capernaum at that time were made back then. But what really matters is that the men didn't let an obstacle ruin the reward of getting to Jesus. They just kept believing and doing whatever it took for a breakthrough. Also, I can't help but wonder what was going through the minds of the people inside the house that day. What about them? They too left some things back there to gather here to Jesus. They made some sacrifices. They left things behind. They were excited. We talked about, um, we just announced Brother Levine, and some of you guys are excited. Brother Levine's coming to town. We love his ministry, but this was Jesus Christ, and he was finally in their town, and they left things behind. It was a special opportunity, and I'm sure... Right when Jesus was getting to the heart of his message, they heard footsteps up on the roof. Like, seriously? <laughs> Who's on the roof? You imagine they're in church and you're going, going, going. Like, are you kidding me? What's happening right now? Maybe they shrugged it off for a moment. But when the demolition started, I'm sure it started to get pretty distracting in the house that day. I really, I don't think there's a quiet way that you can dismantle a roof. There had to be banging, (laughs) moving, shaking. (laughs) Somebody inside had to be really getting ticked off. Like, are you kidding me? What now? What's going on? Go check it out. Go see what's going on up there. But things got worse when they really began to make progress and started to break through the roof. I'm almost positive that there was that one guy who ran as fast as he could that day and he got there early to get the good seats and he just may have felt some debris and dirt start falling on his head. Like unbelievable. Nobody in their right mind would be anywhere but here at the feet of Jesus. We're here having good church. Things are decently and they're in order. And somebody's being a distraction to what's taking place today. 
I'm sure when those four men <clears throat> peeked through their newly created skylight, that they were greeted with some looks of disgust. Like, oh, yeah. I can't. You see this guy. But I can just see them looking back down with a little bit of a smirk on their face that says, you may not like the way that we're coming to Jesus, but we don't care because we're believing for a breakthrough. Amen? Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, some people may not like the way that we pray. They may not like the way we worship. We dance and shout before the Lord. Some may not like our energy and our passion. They may not like the way that we're separated from the sin and from the world. But we shouldn't care because we are doing everything that we can, believing for a breakthrough. Amen? We can't just be a hearer of the word of God. We've got to be a doer. We've got to put our faith into action. Amen. We've got to ask if we want to break through for our families. We've got to seek if we want to break through for our church. We've got to do some knocking if we want to break through in our city. Amen. We've got to do whatever it takes if we're truly believing for a breakthrough. After the breakthrough was complete, these four men and their friends gained access to Jesus. Then the paralyzed man was lowered down. And the Bible says in Mark 2, 5, When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I'm sure one of them was a little disappointed. Like, seriously? (laughs) We just hauled this guy all the way here, we carried him up the roof, we tore somebody's roof, somebody's going to have to pay for that, we lowered him down, look Jesus, we really appreciate the display of love, but we're here for this man's legs, right? That's not what we came here for, but God never disappoints. Mark says that some of the scribes that they didn't believe either. They were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? And Jesus, he quickly and powerfully addressed their unbelief in Mark 2, 10 through 12. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately the Bible says that he rose. He took up the bed and he went forth before them all. Amen. Not only was the sick man healed, but his sins were also forgiven. Because the four men kept believing for a breakthrough, the power of Jesus Christ was on full display. And the big picture, the big picture behind all of our believing, our working, our pushing, our waiting, our praying, our fasting as a church is this. A true breakthrough will give you access to the miraculous When you do your part, then God can do his part. But something has to be broken to get a breakthrough. 
Sometimes a roof has to be broken. Sometimes tradition has to be broken. Sometimes protocol has to be broken. Sometimes logic. Sometimes carnality. Sometimes complacency. Sometimes resistant spirits have to be broken. But it's time to break whatever needs to be broken. It works. It worked in the Bible for the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment who had the obstacle of the incurable blood disease. It worked for Bartimaeus who had the obstacle of blindness and those telling him to, hey, hold your peace. It worked for Simon Peter who had the obstacle of a stormy sea separating him from Jesus. If you're going to get a breakthrough, something has to break in you. We cannot think that business as usual is going to bring a breakthrough. Church as usual is going to bring a breakthrough. Amen? There are always obstacles, but you can't take no for an answer. There's no room in the house. There is no room in the doorways. No room, no access, no miracle. But they kept believing. And Jesus saw their faith, which was demonstrated that day by their action. Let me ask, what are we doing that Jesus would call and say, that right there is true faith. That is action. It's one thing to say, to come to church and to shout and to say, God can. But it's another thing to do whatever it takes to demonstrate that faith that we're professing. Amen? James 2, 17 through 18 says, Even so faith, if it hath not worked, is dead being alone. So what are we going to do that demonstrates barrier-breaking faith? I echo our pastor, that we should keep praying and planting for a spiritual harvest. We keep fasting and teaching and preaching and witnessing and reaching and believing and breaking. Why, though? Why? Why go through the trouble? Why not get your weekend off? Why come to church? Why sacrifice? Why invest in the church? Because we, you and I, we are the four working on behalf of others. It's about people. We can't heal. We can't forgive. We can't deliver. We have no power within ourselves. But we can and we must do everything on our part to create an environment for an outpouring of the power and the presence of God Almighty. Amen? We got to do whatever it takes. I want to share the testimony of a few of the incredible students in our youth group who are believing for a breakthrough in their high school. About three years ago, Jacob Barker, Charlotte, and Jacob was here this morning, were very inspired by a P7 presentation at a Georgia Baptist school rally. This is a Bible club that you can promote, an apostolic promoted club on your high school. And they were believing for a breakthrough. And that school year was a bust. Nothing happened. They had their struggles and they had their disappointments, but they kept believing. That's what you're supposed to do, pushing and believing. They didn't let obstacles, disappointment, put out their passion. 
So the next school year came, and Jacob and Charlotte had a few friends starting to come to church. First, Jacob brought Brandon, who came to the youth service. And I'll never forget it because he's about twice my size, and I was trying to pray for him. And in youth service, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen? Thank God for that. Later, Charlotte brought a set of twins, which we know affectionately call Emily and Sarah. After attending a few services, they both were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen? Thank God for that. So soon after that, a breakthrough began at Lithia Springs High School and connected to the high school. Friends of friends and family members began to come to church and they were being baptized. They were exposed to the power and the presence of God. We were doing, they were doing their part. God was doing his part and people were being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. They finally had this good student base and started the P7 Club. During the first couple meetings, they were teaching and doing basic lessons. But one Sunday, I happened to be preaching that Sunday, Jacob, right over here to the left, came up to me after that service and said, Brother Joel, I really feel that God wants me to speak about the Holy Ghost at school at the P7 Club. Now, I could have looked at the obstacles that this may present, teaching about the Holy Ghost in the public high school. Could have wondered about what the perception of others would have been. But Jesus didn't he tell us after all to go into all of the world and preach the gospel? Not some of the world, but all of the world that includes school campuses and colleges and at your work, on the job, at the grocery store, wherever the Lord leads you. So I believe that Jacob for a breakthrough. And the next week they gathered and he preached at high school. And a young lady named Ireland was filled with the Holy Ghost in the classroom at their public high school. How awesome is that? A few weeks later, Jacob's mom, Sister Crystal Jones, she came to the high school and shared her testimony. And those students told themselves, well, if God gave us a breakthrough once, then he can give us a breakthrough again. And at the end of that service, two more young ladies were filled with the Holy Ghost at the high school. Amen. Thank God for that. But this is the breakthrough news. All the pushing and believing and working that we've seen right at 48 people connected to the high school come to church and youth service. And out of those 48, 22 have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for that. As of last Sunday afternoon with Brendan, 22 have now been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's just the start of what can happen when we really start believing for a breakthrough. Amen? Let's all stand. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Thank Him for what He's doing. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We're believing today. Hallelujah. After the man with the palsy was healed, Mark 2.12 reads this. And immediately he rose, he took up the bed, and he went forth before them all. But this is the catch. This is the effects of us doing our part and God doing his part. 
insomuch that those that were there, they were all amazed and they glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. They were saying, we've never seen anything like this before. God's given our church some great revival. I thank God for what he's done. Last year, in all of our ministries, we saw 167 people baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God for that. 152 people were filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. That's incredible. I thank God for what he's done. But I believe that an unprecedented revival is possible if we will truly believe for a breakthrough. God said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's what he wants to do. Not on some flesh or a few flesh, but on all flesh. We got to remind ourselves, we can't forget that there are over five, well over five million people in the city of Atlanta. Church, it's time that we lift up our eyes, as John Ford tells us. Lift up our eyes and look on the fields. They're white, ready to harvest. God is ready to give our churches a revival that will cause people to say, I've never seen anything like this. What is this? What's going on? What is happening here? Amen. How many of you believe that? How many believe that God is able? That God is ready? Amen. Amen. God is ready, but now we must be ready. So if you're ready to believe and let something break today, breaking you for a breakthrough, I want you to take a step of faith and make your way to this altar. I want to invite our church families we do every week to come to this altar. But as you're coming, we want us to have this mindset, God, i got to let something break. Something's got to break in order for there to be a breakthrough. Let something break in you for your school. Let something break for you for your campuses at college. Let something break for you for your coworkers. Let something break for you for that lost loved one who has not yet come to the Lord. Amen. We got to let something break today in our hearts, in our minds. We got to make up in our mind that we're going to do whatever it takes. If it's tearing off a roof, if it's carrying the man wherever he needs to go, we're going to break off limitations. Amen. That's it. As you're coming, let's begin. Let me all lift our hands as a sign of surrender. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Say, God, I'm here today. I open up my heart. I open up my life to you. And I surrender, God. I surrender to you, Lord. I'm allowing you to work in my life. I'm allowing you, God, to adjust some things. I'm allowing, God, some things to be broken by your power, God. That's it. 
Let's call on the name of the Lord God for souls, for people, for the next step of where you want to take our church, for what you want to do in our families, God, in our communities, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, God, by the authority and the power of the name of Jesus, that something would break in this place today, would break in our church, God, would break in our students, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Let's call on the name of the Lord as they worship, as they sing. Let's lift our voices.